Hello, and welcome to another exciting episode of the podcast. What episode is this? 62? Should I believe it? 62. We get our numbers messed up all the time. Don't just because the graphic says it's episode 62. Well, I'm reading You can't it trust everything you say. Yeah. Look, I'm pretty sure it's 62, but I think there's some stuff that's missing, per se, you know, from technical difficulties. We have had our share of technical difficulties, and we are working through those. Thank you, Kevin, for bringing them up already. Very um, <laughs> admirable of you. Yep, we're working on that. So if you're sitting here thinking, my goodness, this is the last chance I'm giving these jokers before I just start watching Reptile and Chill and nothing else, then we really hope that this works. We really do. But thank you for joining us. I'm here. Uh, I'm Anthony, and I'm here with uh, everyone's favorite turtle personality, Christopher P. Leone. Patrick? Mm-hmm. That's right. You know okay. that. Chris, you know Christopher, that. I forgot for a second. Christopher Patrick Leone and everyone's favorite Diamondback Terrapin guru, Kevin Denise Minto. <laughs> Denise. <laughs> Kevin <laughs> Denise Minto, KDM. Oh, oh my gosh. Boy. That is too good. That is too good. We've got a good show for you. you you'll, you'll notice that we don't have a guest tonight, and, we, and we've done that on purpose. Um, you know, we're, as we're working through some of the technical difficulties and, and things like that. Uh, my wife just wrote me the funniest note ever that I can't say on the air because it's uh, completely grossly inappropriate. Uh, <laughs> it's my my nickname that I call Chris when oh. we're down at his at his place. Yeah, don't and, say that. <laughs> too good, too good. And the viewers are <laughs> like, "What the hell are you talking about?" Okay. So we have a good show. We don't have a guest because we want to work through some of these technical uh, struggles we've had. But, you know, it's going to be all reptiles, all turtles all the time. And uh, we hope that it's something that's, that you find as entertaining as I'm sure that we really will. Um, so so let's jump right into it. Let's let's talk first about the 800-pound um, gorilla in the room. And I'm not talking mm. about me, although you may think that I'm the 800-pound gorilla. In the room. I'm, I'm only 400 pounds. So... Um, COVID-19, which has taken over our lives. And I find it really interesting, like, COVID is a huge deal. This is this is the biggest thing in our lifetime, um, at least so far. Hopefully, it will remain the biggest thing as, as we hopefully continue to live our lifetime after this, not to be too dramatic, but things are getting crazy. Um, so one of the things that really sticks out to me, and we want to keep this brief, the COVID-19 part, right? Like, it's, it's all people are getting in their news feeds. It's all people are getting in their conversations with loved ones and people that they see, you know, in passing or if you're still working, that sort of thing. So we want to try to keep it brief. But but one thing that I thought we would be remiss not to bring up is the fact that this started in a wildlife market in China, allegedly, most likely, right? And when you're a turtle person, that means something, okay? When I do educational talks, it's... I'm always showing slides, especially because I specialize in Asian turtles. I'm always showing slides of the wildlife markets in China and um, in, in Southeast Asia, and particularly China, and how that has affected the, um, the conservation status of a number of different taxa, um, na- mainly Asian turtles. And then now our American turtles, for instance, are being vacuumed up by poachers and illegally shipped um, overseas. We talked; These are things we've talked about many, many times. So now, here we are, 
And this is now in the living room of every person in the world. People that didn't even know that this sort of thing happened or what it looked like. These are things that we're looking at all the time. So I think that it's really interesting and it's something that um, we should have at least touched on. But um, before, before we get into that necessarily, um, how are you guys doing? I mean, is this something that has affected you on a personal level yet in terms of what you're able to do? Um, no, you know, we're, we've been really fortunate, you know, we, um, here, you know, at least, I mean, New Jersey is, I think number two right now, um, for the amount of, I, I don't know, for the amount of cases, I, I don't know what's going on with the, with the deaths or anything like that, but we are one of the worst states, I think, in terms of at least the number of cases, which I think people still have to understand. It's because we're doing testing now, so we're going to see that climb, of course, you know, in the testing. Um, you know, we, we've been we've been trying to stay off the news feeds, trying to stay off the news, really only to you know, um, if something we really need to hear, you know. So overall, we're staying sane, we're staying healthy, we're staying safe. And, uh, you know, the people that we do know that have, that have it or have gotten it have, thank God they have, they're making recoveries, full recoveries. So, um, we're just kind of staying put, taking care of the animals, building enclosures, getting ready for the season. Cause that's coming no matter what happens. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's, um, you know, we're just kind of riding this thing out and being safe. It's all you can do, right? So, uh, yeah. and, and that's, I think, is the most important takeaway. We are not experts on COVID-19 at all, okay? We're just animal people who have an interest on, in what's happening. We're turtle people who have an interest in what's happening in China because that's the market that sets the global market for the turtle trade. And as we said, that's historically what's led to the um, the, the downward slide in a, in a lot of species. Uh, from a conservation standpoint and population mm-hmm. status um, standpoint. So so it's something that interests us a lot. But we are in no way experts or pretend to know what's going on. No. As a matter of fact, I'm trying to avoid information right now just because I need things that are going to cheer me up in life. So that's oh, – I yeah. want to see pictures of turtles. I don't want to see, yeah, you know, I, I had, You know, if you saw the post that I made not too long ago, I basically, like, vowed, like, that's it, you know. I'm either I'm taking a break from from posting things from at least my personal pages, or if I do, it's going to have absolutely nothing to do with this, you know. And I and I would even shout out people: give yourself a pat on the back for not posting about it. You know what I mean? Because you're right, people. We all need we need to, we need we need to be uplifted right now, okay? You know, and and sure, there there hasn't been a lot of good news per se, you know, with, with, with the big picture here, but there are some, some takeaways from it that, you know, we we're hearing here and there. And some of the things are, you know, like when, when you do hear of somebody that's doing okay, that may have contracted it or not, you know, and, and it's, um, I, I think it's great. Like, like, you know, when you and I were talking the other day on the phone, like, you know, th- this kind of stuff that has nothing to do with it is stuff that we need in our lives right now. And that's what we're doing for our kids. You know, we're taking them hiking every single day. We have, there's even in the rain, we've, we've been going, you know, and yeah. going to different wildlife refuges and stuff and teaching them things, you know, stuff that they're not going to learn by staring at the TV, you know. So it's, I, That's I, a I, big... you know, to the people that are picking themselves up and, and, and getting out maybe into nature, but being safe, you know, you, you know, you can't ignore this thing. You can't just go running around and shaking hands and high-fiving people and not caring about this. You know what I mean? Yeah. 
regardless of what you believe in, you need to be safer, safe, safer than sorry here, you know? So right, I, absolutely. Uh, I think I, and I, that's I, positivity, no matter what the situation. And, and that's hard for me to admit sometimes. Cause I can, you know, depending on what I'm upset about, I could be pretty negative or heated about things. You guys know that. And, um, I just, I just, people just need positivity right now because you know what? It does exist. Okay. It, it's out there. Find it. You know? I realized today how negative I was being. I actually I had a conversation with my wife in the morning and then a conversation with a couple of my colleagues at work and they had and, and just in talking with them, everyone kind of noticed like a, a difference in me and totally just pessimism. That yeah. you know, I'm the type of person that struggled like I always wanted kids and then when it came time to actually make that decision, I struggled with the thought of actually taking that step because yeah. I'm a turtle person. I used to be a hopeless optimist. I used to call myself and my, my good friends used to jokingly call me because I would always see things on the bright side and I don't anymore. And now at this point in time, it's really difficult to take a step back and, and keep things in perspective. Yeah. Now, are you finding that you, uh, you're you not finding stuff on the bright side because of what's going on or just overall in life in the past like couple of years or whatnot? Like it's slowly... It, it's a combination. It's both. Yeah. It's both. It's, so when I was looking at ready to take this, my, my oldest daughter's five and she's mm -hmm. incredible. My three-year-old is my best friend and little helper and she comes downstairs and helps me with the turtles and everything and they are incredible but when it came time to actually take that step and become a, a father i struggled with it like the world sure. is overpopulated and that has a, a bit large effect and, and nothing against anyone who does have kids or a lot of kids like good for you but i just felt like for me it was the, the older i got and the more woke i became to steal a gen z uh term then the more i kind of hesitated about that sort of thing and it's so it's i've become more of a pessimist as i've grown and it's really it's really unfortunate like i'm a person who i grew up on welfare like my childhood was not necessarily a good situation i remember like the cops pulling us over and taking our car and getting christmas presents from the food bank, like all of that sort of stuff. So like I should look at my life right now, like I own my home, I have a really great job that I love, I have a wife that adores me and kids that are wonderful. Like I should look at everything and say, wow, I can't believe how absolutely lucky I am in, in everything that I have. But the more that I learn and the more that I study and particularly being a turtle person teaches me to be quite pessimistic. And not again, not to take a negative viewpoint on this. I'm, I'm really just learning now how detrimental an effect it's having on me and, and my own psyche and how it's time for me to kind of remember where I came from and and appreciate the fact that I am where I am and I worked hard to get there. And although the world could be a much better place, like it is a very good place and there's still a lot to be excited about and a lot to be grateful for. I think, you know, <clears throat> touching on that, negativity you know no matter what can just tends to infiltrate a lot and a lot of it has to do with the fact that you know as we're getting older responsibilities are just they're so paramount you know what i mean no, no matter where you turn there's there's you're responsible for something you're responsible for lives you know i i have two girls also you know and i struggled with with certain decisions too especially when it came time to have another one you know and I had a really tough time adjusting to my second daughter, but now she's here and it's, it's funny. It's as cliche as it sounds. You can't imagine 
her not being here, you know? Mm -hmm. And with, with the turtle thing, yeah, with the, with the turtle thing, it's not all that uh, different than the COVID situation in terms of news, because think about a lot of news that's constantly coming out from all these conservation entities across the world. Everything about turtles is negative. This one's endangered. That's what, that one's endangered. And then you've got certain aspects or certain people in the hobby that cling on to that word endangered or threatened or dying or dying out or possibly going extinct. And they forget that's not a compliment. We're not complimenting the animal by saying it's screwed. You know what I mean? It's a status and it, it, it sometimes creates further negativity on the situation depending on who's getting their hands on them, what their intentions are behind it. Some of the worst things in the world have been done with the best intentions. Who said that? And it's, it, it's a matter of, of, of filtering through the negativity and bringing the positivity to light again because there's so many positive things going on with turtles too and a lot of it has to do with the same organizations that are sharing so much you know negativity behind it mm-hmm. they they want to cast like a light saying you know like this is an issue clearly uh but unless it's it's pressed upon like the good things that are being done also mm-hmm. it doesn't get picked up as much and people just see the negative side of it the downside of it mm-hmm well, well, okay. So, so I think I've talked about this on the podcast before, but that's the idea. So, so there's there's a a an idea in like social science and evolution of the tiger and the waterhole. Like thousands of years ago, when humans were evolved, I'm saying it quick because I believe I've talked about this on the podcast before. But thousands of years ago, Kevin, does this ring a bell? Not yet. All right, good, good. So that's good then. So um, when when humans were evolving, you you needed to. In order to get to the waterhole, what you needed to survive, you really had to keep the tiger in mind. Because if you weren't able to do that, then you were going to go to the waterhole and you were going to get your ass eaten, right? So um, it was very important that you were able to focus on that negative stressor, that, that, that existential crisis or, or threat that was always there. You had to focus on it. And the people who did were more likely to survive. So they were more likely to then pass their genes on to the next generation. So the tiger, of course, is just, it's, it's, a, it's an example, it's a symbol of, of the human condition and, and, and what it was like tens, hundreds of thousands of years ago to, to, to develop as a human. Now, fast forward to today, when those threats are usually social media and the, the bee in the cubicle next to you who keeps giving you the stink eye, like... And, and you find yourself focusing on that stuff. And we're drawn to it. And that's why um, Amber Boydston, a social scientist from UC Davis, she her research shows that for every one negative experience that you have, you need six equally weighted positive experiences to, to overcome that. So, oh, that makes that makes perfect sense you know, right to me. and it's also it's also why when something good happens you go up and you're feeling really good but then you come down quicker and when something negative happens you stay down mm-hmm. and when you come back up you don't come all the way back up yeah because we're 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 wired to focus on that so just something interesting to keep in mind as we're trying to navigate this new um exciting and frightening world that we're living in right now we're where, you know, a trip to Walmart is like, you know, feeling like you're, 
in a zombie movie, yeah, it is risky. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we can move on from that now. Um, the quote that you that you shared, Chris, that was Shia LaBeouf. Mm-hmm. I'm kidding. That was um, Dr. Malcolm from Jurassic Park. Ian yes. Malcolm. That's right. Okay, did you see the quote again? Some of the best things. What does he say? Some of the best things imaginable have been done. Some of the worst things imaginable have been done with the best intentions. Right. Mm-hmm. Love yeah. it. We got a uh, somebody. Go ahead. Somebody from uh, the chat got that. Jeremy Thompson got it. Uh, Stephen Gallo said Dr. Grant in Jurassic Park 3. I don't know if that's the same character. That was Jurassic Park 1, though, wasn't it? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. No, he's right. It is. It's uh, Alan Grant said it in JP3, right? What am I? JP3. JP3. Some of the... <laughs> yes, it's right. This is why we need our fact, our fact checkers. That, Thank you. Chris, that, do, you, that, do you have a JP3 movie poster hanging up in your house? Mm-mm. But, but you know what we'll you know what we'll do one day. One of these podcasts will broadcast from my walk-in closet, and it is filled to the wall with Jurassic Park toys. Nerd alert! Oh yeah, remember when I had my first beer? So uh, we got a really good question from the chat here, from uh, also from Jeremy. It was it's primarily for Chris, but we're allowed to answer as well. Uh, how much do you rely on grocery items to feed your colonies? How much do you grow? How much do you collect? What does this, this look like in the winter? So, um, first things first, every year my lawn guys ask me if they want, if I want them to take care of my lawn. And I said, you cut my lawn, you get the leaves out, and you don't touch it. Oh, but you have so many weeds. Yes, I do. Yeah, and yes, I do. Two acres of ribwort, Mediterranean plantain, vetches, dandelion, cat's ear, thistles, the whole thing. It, it really helps. And a lot of that stuff still continues to grow in the winter here because our winters are fairly mild. And, you know, like uh, late winter, we get a lot of purple dead nettle, which is great. You know, I mean, this stuff just grows like unbelievably. So that helps. We get a produce delivery every Monday. They are still delivering to us even during, you know, these wow. uh, uncertain times. That's cool. And, you know, the delivery guy, uh, the delivery guy comes every Monday. He came today. He leaves it on the he doorstep. He leaves it on the doorstep. We don't shake hands. We don't, shake we don't hands. do anything. Don't do he, anything. Drops he, he drops it. He leaves. I quickly bring, I the, quickly stuff bring the, the stuff to the animals. Disperse it. Disperse it. Wash the hands. Wash the hands. Throw the, throw the, the crate out there to be burned later in a fire. In a fire. And, um... What else? Uh, what else? I, uh, order, I order a lot of bulk, a Missouri, lot of bulk so Missouri, so I have that. So I have I'm about that. to try, I'm about to try a, new a new tortoise food by a company by called, Lagard- called Lagard- Lagardi. Lagardi. I think they're called Lagardi. They, uh, they, uh, they were contacting some, some bigger uh, Instagram, uh, accounts, Instagram accounts, reptile accounts, reptile accounts and, and, asking and asking if they would, if they would try their tortoise food. So they sent me out a big bag of that, which I'm going to... Do a shout out and make a shout out and make a video for them. I'm getting off track. Anyway, anyway um, um, I don't know the exact, don't know exact, exact percentage, percentage of what, 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 what I really, really heavily, heavily rely on, rely on weeds, weeds, especially, especially for the studio species, radiated. You know, Mickey here all down where he'll try to keep his fences and so big. But it's. I don't use I don't, that, I don't use, use that, that much produce. produce. It's, 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 it's one, 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 one delivery every, every Monday, Monday and, that's, and that's, that's it. That's great. That's great. Great. So, 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 so that's, that's a good segue. It's not a good segue. We're going to talk about next time. It's not time to stop talking about COVID. So, 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 we, 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 remiss. It would be a disservice to all of our adoring fans. I hate the word fans. 
but I had to, but say, I had to say it because that's what Joe that's Exotic what Joe Exotic would call the people who watch people who watch the podcast. We'll call them, we'll call them our critics. So so we would be doing we would be doing a disservice to all of our fans if if we did not bring did not bring up the Tiger King. The most it's the most popular anything anything in America in America right now besides COVID nineteen. So so it's only right that we start with COVID and then number two is Tiger King because it is the the second most popular thing going right now to American American human beings. So so the crazy thing the crazy thing about this is we've had James Lou on in the past and and we partner a lot with the Turtle Conservancy on things and and the Tiger King was created by well. He's, one, he's of the directors, one of the directors, but if you're actually watching the documentary, the documentary he's, the he's the one behind the camera. You know, he's the one doing the, the, one doing the interviews all the time, not necessarily behind the camera, camera but um, he's, he's, um, there he's there the entire time. The entire time. Um, when people, um, when like people Mike like Mike McCarthy are upset about how things went, mm-hmm. they're calling mm-hmm. they're calling out mm-hmm. Eric. Like Eric was really the mastermind behind the whole thing, and you could see that. And this this is this is a turtle guy who created created the most important important movie show anything anything in America. And I still and I still can't wrap my head around. It's absolutely, it's absolutely amazing. It's insane. It's insane. You know what's crazy? You know what's crazy what's, show, right? Crazy show. Crazy let show. Let me tell you. What's, what's funny about this is. Or- Interesting. Or interesting. One of my closest, One of my closest friends, friends lives, lives down, in Myrtle, down in Myrtle Beach. And and he he in earlier in earlier years when he first moved down there because he's, he's from up here. We went to high school together. He moved down there. He moved down there. He got married. Bought a house. Bought a house. Has a kid. And and the one time the one time we were down there. Down there. I think it may have been for his wedding. I don't really remember what this was. He was showing us photos of himself himself and his wife to be. I think it's what it was. I think it's what it was. Of and there were pictures. Taking pictures with tiger cubs, you know, you know, and 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 like or like where where did you do that? Now my wife Casey, Casey, some of you might know, she's an an ex zookeeper at two different zoos, zoos. so she's had so she's had to deal with a lot of this. Don't do that! Don't do that! Don't do that! This is bad. That's bad. Zoos are bad. Zoos are great. This guy sucks. That guy doesn't suck. The whole thing, you know, and and. She was like, she was like, where did you, where did you, where did you take, these? where did you take these, you know, <laughs> you know, and he's like, oh, and he's like, oh, he's like, there's this, he's like, there's this nut job over here, here that has a, like a, 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 tiger zoo. a tiger zoo, and he could take pictures, and he could take with, pictures his, with his cubs, with his cubs, and, you know, and, you know, Casey's a very respectful person, but she was like trying to tell me later on behind the scenes, she's like, that's really bad, like, like, what's, what's, what's going on at this place, and here, here we are, here we are, fast forward several years, and we're watching Tiger King on Netflix, and we're like, oh my god, that's him, that's him, that job that that so and so took the pictures of it's Doc Antle from uh, from uh, yeah. what, yeah. what, what, oh it was Doc Antle he's crazy yeah. he's crazy yeah. 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 I should have yeah. I should have connected yeah. the dots because you said Myrtle yeah, Beach yeah. yeah I'm sorry and, uh, and then uh, and then just the other day my friend and I you know we've been checking up on checking up on each other making sure everybody's healthy and everybody's good and he's like he's like have dude, you watch, have you watched? And I cut him right off. I was like, Tiger King? And he's like, Shaw. And we just kept talking about it. And I'm like, dude, that's that's the place that you you had the, the pictures taken years, years ago. He's like, yeah, I, I, I can't believe I did, I did that still. And, and, and uh, and then, and then like, like we had heard like that, that Doc Antle apparently, apparently got arrested or, or raided just this past December or something. And and, and my friend's like, I don't know, man. I was driving by the other day and he's like, that son of a bitch is out in the lake with his elephant right now. He can see him. You know, just ride his elephant with, with his ponytail. ponytail you know, you just put, put a video up and then bring like a chimp into uh, Chipotle to order, order food. food. Have you guys seen that? Oh, nice. Okay. He ordered like three of the same meal. Like, oh, yeah, he's like, he oh, yeah, he wants guacamole and cheese. Like, why are you giving the chimp cheese? Yeah, yeah. Wow. Is that bad? Is that bad? 
I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, mean, I assume, assume it's bad. bad. I don't know. I've never, I've never taken care of a chimp. You know, I would think. You know, I would think you would just try not to introduce stuff that's processed that we know. Yeah, real ice. And ice. I ran out of water. Those look like the fake ice cubes that they use in like commercial shoots. No, those are legit ice. So, you know, um. It's fun. It's funny though, like like how how this stuff works out and how you know, like we knew of of what is Doc Antle's place called again, whatever uh, it is, uh, whatever you know. Um, um, he uh, he uh, you, know, you know you know here here's here's the guy, guy that like we subconsciously basically, basically knew of because, because, because you know, we you know friend of ours friend of ours photos photos, photos of tiger tiger and then here we are here we are at night you know watch watch a show and it's like oh my gosh you know so so this show and the people show are um addicted to watch to watch to watch it's interesting it's interesting I was on I was on I was on Facebook last couple 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 handful Handful of handful folks who are used to work with, with, with in the veterinary, in the veterinary field um, were talking, we're talking, we're talking about, about, about and they were all kind of saying, yeah, yeah, we don't want to watch it. Basically, basically, the sentiment across the entire group of folks I don't want to watch it because I want to support that type of behavior. And my rebuttal to that, of course, I have to speak up because I've gotten an opinion and I actually try not to do that because I couldn't help on this. And it was... It was, it was my my, my response, response was basically, basically I think it does, I think, the, I think it does the opposite. I think, I think Eric, Eric is, is out to expose folks folks who do uh, an orthodox things and, and do things do things in a really weird way, way that that um, the main the mainstream or your average person would think is outlandish. Mm-hmm. And, and um, I, I, so I, I think that yeah, there's people that watch it, and a lot of people like Joe Exotic because we like an underdog. He's a he's a hot mess. Everyone would agree with that. But people like him because he's likable. Carol's got her stuff together a little more, but she's just not likable. Not likable. And, mm-hmm. and and I won't and I won't do that with anyone. That with anyone. But, but that's basically that, the situation there. Besides that, everyone walks away from that thinking that exotic animal people are crazy, and with good reason. I mean, you watch that and it's it's a complete mess. So my question to you is, to you fellas. You fellers, is what do you think about this causing some trouble for zoos in general? Because these are technically zoos, and and then also for breeders as well. Because you know, according to to your average person, what we do is crazy. Chris, do you have any idea how many animals you have? Oh well, you know, when you're breeding them, you know the number's changing. So you don't have to answer it. No, I I don't. You know, you're right. I don't, but you but know, it's a lot. It's a lot. I, I've, yeah. I've got 200, and and I have nothing compared to what you have. Well, and you have to remember certain things. You know, you you were here to witness over a hundred animals being dumped on us in one shot, and that's because of authorities. You know, true. so some of the you know this exposing the bad, you know, and taking the good down with it per se, you know. People like me who are doing a little bit of everything here, some of these animals that are getting confiscated from the people doing the wrong things with them are we're getting saddled with them, you know. So it's that that's also has something to do with why there's so many here sometimes. You know, yes, I would still have a very big, impressive collection, you know, but that drives the number up and then that number comes way down because so many of those animals were compromised already. But mm-hmm. the the thing with zoos, 
Casey dealt with that immediately before we had even watched it. Her best friends had a text chat going on with each other and they started talking about this, um, this show tiger King, you know, we didn't, we, we were like, what, what, you know, like we, we have no idea what's going on here with, with this. And, uh, her one friend was, was like, Casey, you know, how, how does this make you feel? Um, about, uh, I forgot exactly how she worded it about zoos, like turtleback zoo and popcorn park zoo, which are zoos that we are directly affiliated with some of which she was employed, employed at. And it immediately, you know, puts up that defense there that it's like, whoa, 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 time out here for a minute. Like we we're not talking about the same thing, you know, and we had, we had to go on to, I mean, it, it wasn't a heated conversation because it was friends that, that were, that really wanted to know what she thought. And so it, it, it turned into more of an educational thing than anything else. And thank God that, that it did, that, that, that she was there to educate them to say, Hey, look, time out. Wait a minute here. You bringing up like places like like John Bergman and, and Popcorn Park Zoo, everything in that man's zoo is a rescue. People forget that. You know, they right. just so, but, the animal in barricades and blah, blah, blah. Those animals, every single one of those animals, everything, the lions, the tigers and the bears, oh my, every single one of them is a rescue. Turtleback Zoo, an AZA accredited facility, okay? They're doing good things by these animals. And that's where a show like Tiger King starts to create a dangerous blanket okay right. because and but it goes it's, back it's, to what you were saying like people that you know think we're crazy you know what i mean like like they don't know exactly what we're doing that they're they're being told to think one way by the most powerful tool out there social media television sure and and and, and it's the lack of knowledge so the animal yeah. rights folks have they, a shield. but they they are and they, and they sh and rightfully so right like if i if i'm an animal rights person i'm sitting there and i'm like man this is ridiculous and this is exactly what i've been talking about and and when i talked and, and when i talked i was uh, kind of when i was conversing kind of with those conversing with those folks that i mentioned on facebook i started to talk about the big cat people and the chimpanzee people and the crocodilian people and the reticulated python people and and i saw myself and I think I added a little comment there about like just as a disclaimer I don't know what I'm talking about right now mm -hmm. I can tell you about snake people versus turtle people a little bit I like to think turtle people for the most part are a little more like L.L. Bean and snake people are a little more slipknot t-shirt but that's this is generalizations and I and I hate generalizations I I got a D in sociology in college just because I couldn't do it we're a little um, more backstreet boys they're a little more metal I don't know. We're a little more bluegrass. I don't know. We're a little more. I don't even know what. But nobody nobody gets into turtles because they think they're going to be seen as being cool. And I think a lot of people into lizards and snakes think that's so. It's wait, cool. I well, should I get out of turtles trip. <laughs> because you're because you're not cool. My plan was to be cool. That's why I started this. No, it's not working. No, oh, no, don't don't start a band that doesn't work either. It's not working. So, so, and I don't know necessarily if if my point is being made, but but even us, right? We are we are private breeders of exotic animals, and that's our that's our life. That's every minute that I can, that I have to myself, or that I could sneak away to sit on the toilet with my pants up and act like I'm going to the bathroom, but I'm really not. Is spent <laughs> doing things for or about tur turtles. That's it. Yeah, that's it. It's all it's all turtles. So my life is exotic animals. But even with that being said, I don't really know what's happening with big cat people. 
Tiger King gives me a little bit of an idea, but that's just, it's three people. It's three mm-hmm. operations. You know what I mean? So so that's the issue is that there's there's people that do it. The, we talk about it all the time, just in turtles too, and we see that. There's people that do it the right way. There's people that do it the wrong way. And right. there's everything in between. There's people that do both. Um, and being able to figure out kind of where the line is and, and who to support yeah. and, and that sort of thing. But we have to understand the animal rights people, even the PETA people, they have, they, a lot of them, like you said, have good intentions. They want a, a world that's good for animals. And I think that we have to understand that something like Tiger King is really important for us and probably in a negative way. And and by us, I mean exotic animal keepers in general. Well, it's it, so. it's like what I meant by that dangerous blanket term, you know, yeah. you, you start to punish the good with the bad. And when you start taking down the good with the bad, you are leaving an extremely bleak future for the animals. Okay. Um, and, you know, it's going to be a lot easier for people on the hobby end of it to agree with that kind of statement than some of the conservation people. But it goes back to like the conversations that you and I have had how many times the, the sides have got to figure out a way to join. Sure. Or we've got a real mess on our hands in the future. You, you can't, you, you can't remove one and, and, and just leave one side of it, you know? And that's the problem. Like Tiger King is, is great TV. I was glued to it. I'm a consumer. There you go. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. But, but walking away from it now, taking a break from the amazing memes that have been created and stuff. It's, it's like, that's, that's, you know, that's get scary. I've had a couple people that, you know, in the, in the hobby, even in the zoo world that have texted me personally saying, what's your take on this? What do you think? What do you think is going to happen? So I don't think anything's going to happen right now, but who knows? Are, are we going to have, you know, look, look at the, the book you and I were taught that that book stolen world that I couldn't put yeah. down. Is there going to be a so stolen pet series? You know, yeah. is there is there going to be uh, an Aldabra King later starring Kevin Minto? You know, and I think that's what's gonna, interesting. You know, and then like, and then I'm going to be down here, and I'm going to be like Chris Antle with with Mickey the the Aldabra saying, "No, come take pictures with with oh. my Aldabra," and Minto's going to be like, "But no, come take pictures with my Aldabras. They're cuter." And then you can be like Anthony Baskin. And be like, neither of you yeah. should have Aldabras, you know. That's where it would be. That's where <laughs> you know, it would be. And, and then, like, you maybe you feed your wife to your Aldabras, you know. I don't yeah, know. I, I've yeah. been there. It, so, it would make for good TV. Anthony's already told me no Aldabras, so I can say, like, you know, I I didn't listen to him. This is all yeah. on me now, you know. Yeah. And, of course, I don't think they're going to eat my wife, but my daughter is a cannibal. So I can put them together and see who wins. We can do some, like, backyard Aldabra baby fights. You know? I don't listen. You've been quiet the whole show, and now you're going to come out with that nonsense. <laughs> Take it easy, man. You're getting cannibalism, and your poor young daughter. Take it easy, man. She's crazy. Get it together. I I think the last time I had a black eye because of her. I love I love being mean to. Does anyone ever listen to ESPN radio? I don't think so. Uh, Steve probably does. He's in the background right now. But um, the <laughs> um, the Dan Levitard show. He's like the host of the show and he's a complete jerk to everyone on the show. And he was explaining it one day. He's like, this, this is your chance. I'm going to give you a hard time and I want you to come back. Like it's, and he was explaining it and I'm like, oh my gosh, either he really gets me and I really am onto something or I'm just looking for a reason to excuse me for being a jerk. I'm not really sure, but we'll see. We'll see if Chris ends up buying breast enhancement surgery for everyone in his neighborhood soon. 
with his with his turtle endeavors. Take pictures with baby Western it, Hermans it, tortoises, and it could happen. It, you know, it could, you know, it, it could. Happen. I mean, I could think of other things to spend my money on. The money I don't happen. have. He's going to start putting out ads for interns, and the next thing you know, he's going to have a bunch of wives and husbands. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Yeah. Putting them up in different houses. It's going to be terrific. Yeah. Um, so, so now we'd like to move over to, and, and one of the really cool things that we, we have going on with this show, because we don't have a guest, is we're, we're workshopping some new features. So one of the things you may notice from, from the, the podcast is that there's not always a lot of structure. It's not, it's not our strong suit. I like to think that we're pretty good with the banter and the back and forth and that sort of thing. And I think we have some really, really great guests on. Over the years, we've had some tremendous guests and um, at important times, I think we've done a really good job with that. But we want to try to figure out a way to bring you a show that's more clean cut, more organized and, and makes a little more sense. So, uh, and as far as that goes, so, so we've got three features that we're going to workshop for, and that's, that's going to bring us out to the end of the show. Not, we're not getting close to the end of the show yet. We're about halfway there, but we got three features to go. And the first one is a quick one, but one that we're really excited about. Minto's mailbag. At least I think he does. Yeah, it's playing right now. It played? How did I know it was supposed to play? <laughs> it played. I'm, I'm watching it. So oh, uh, Thanks, guys. Thanks a lot. Thanks for telling me. <laughs> Minto's that Mailbag. Was, Minto's that was the first mailbag. mailbag. You know, if you guys missed it, you'll see it next month. Uh, also, we do have a form for you guys to fill that out at any time. If you have questions that, for us to answer each month, we can do that there as well. But the one question I have right now, and it ties back into what we were talking about with Tiger King, was do you think the reptile industry might be the next focus of the documentary? And one thing that was already said in there that I guess it was supposed to start off in the reptile industry, but uh, yeah. when when Mark pulled up with that snow leopard in his car, it shifted focus real quick. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So I don't know if you guys know anything else about it. I I was not aware. I don't know anything further than that, but I do know that I mean it says yeah. it right in the right in that's how the documentary starts. It's with Tom Crutchfield. They're looking at snakes, yeah. and then it's and then there was a snow leopard and hundred degree heat in a van that was hot and all yeah. that type of stuff, which Mark was very upset about, and he made a bunch of posts on social yeah, media. Yeah, I saw that. Um, I, I want to uh, – that whole scene just triggered a memory of mine uh, that I wanted to bring up, and it, and it goes with this question about could you know the reptile industry be the next highlight or whatever. Eric says, while I was in Florida, and he uses the word investigating a reptile dealer, okay, which was Tom. He was, with, he was with Tom. He was at his place, whatever they were doing, whatever. The word investigating is a broad term, okay? You know, you guys could come to my house tomorrow and we could go investigate the Blanding's turtle enclosure just because we want to investigate the Blanding turtle, Blanding's turtles. Not that's not social Blanding's... distancing. Okay, okay. Let's fast, forward, let's fast forward 12 months from now, okay? okay. When, we're allowed to, when, we're, when we're allowed to pat each other's asses again. Uh, I miss that so I know. much. Good game, good game. But, um, Okay, you got me off my train of thought. Know, okay, what I'm, I'm saying is the word investigating, right? Now, we all know that can mean anything. We're investigating the situation. You know, are they eating well? Where are the nests being laid? What, you know, how's everybody's health looking? Whatever. But a lot of people think investigating, whoa, whoa what, did, what did he do? Especially people that may not know Tom and those people that already do, you know. What was he investigating? What was he investigating? That, that term was kind of left. It was said and it was moved on from. Those are the kind of terms that I think are too broad and have a dark side to them or a dark element to them that can lead to something else. Okay. So the reptile industry, 
already gets a ton of heat. Okay. We've got, you know, just as many people, if not more people doing stupid stuff every single day, smuggling this, breaking that law, Lacey act this, Lacey act that. So I don't know how to put it up against other animal networks. You know, I, I don't know. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit familiar with the exotic bird network because of Casey's connections. Um, but that, I feel like that's kind of already been hammered down pretty well, you know? Um, most bird stuff going on, at least in the United States, is rescue. Um, so comparing it to other exotic animal networks, I'm not sure, but I definitely could see the reptile industry becoming the next highlight. And I think terms like that being said on such a big popular show open the door for people to at least assume that it might be coming, you know? Of course. I, I absolutely think that that could be something that's coming. So if you ever get interviewed, just remember... Anything you say or do can be used against you or I'm not ready. I, I, however I someone to, wants to. I need to grow out a ponytail first and, and get a weird earring. And, you know. <laughs> I'm not ready. You've got way to, too many teeth. Yeah, Mickey's got to get bigger. How am I going to ride <laughs> Mickey in a, in, a, in, a, in a river yet? You know what I mean? That's true. Mickey's got to get way bigger and, and I, I got to – I definitely. I mean, I'm I'm not a thin guy, but I got to put on some weight too for TV. That's, that's Dude, true. we can we can strap Cece on there, you know. Hey, you leave her. You leave her out of it. <laughs> <laughs> She's a saint. Oh, Kevin's oh, getting God. Kevin's getting dark today. I don't know. He's getting. He keeps bringing the nah, kids. Nah, man. Into nah, it. It I'm, good. I'm good. You know so, what's so funny? That was, and I ahead, actually want to talk to Chris about this. This funny is your future. Or funny haha or funny. We're gonna find oh. out. That was too soon. No, I, I don't know. I have some pictures I'll send you. Uh, my youngest daughter, Penny, she has like a striking resemblance to Cece when she was younger. Like they both look very, very similar. I don't know if you noticed that. Oh, does she uh, make his face a lot? Yeah, it's, it's spot on. Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, but I always tell my wife, I'm like, what's going on here? You know? Yeah. Have you been hanging out with Chris? No, I know New Jersey's a four hour distance. drive, but you know. Yeah. Social distance. Right. Oh, this is be a... careful. Pretty soon they're going to start saying, you know, hey, don't watch podcasts. It might come through the airwaves or something. Yeah, that's true. That's why we got to so, record as much as we can while we can. While we're on this and we've been speaking about tigers, what's up with the jumping species? Yeah, that, you know, that's a really good point. Again, yeah. what else now? What, 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 what else got it? Now? Oh, 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 yeah. I thought I thought there was something from. So. Yeah, so so it originated with it originated with animals, and it was thought like there was some sort of mutation or something that would cause it to jump from animal to animal to human, like all that sort of thing. So then, when it came out with the tiger, everyone's like, "Oh my gosh, this is bad. This changes everything." And I'm like, but it's a zoonotic disease. Like, yeah. how does it change everything that much? I, and again, I'm no expert, so that was just my that was my own thought. But it's you know, um, it's crazy. And it's interesting, and, and I'm I'm happy that they that they tested the tiger with all of the lack of availability for tests for people. I'm, <laughs> and I don't mean that's I don't mean that sarcastically. I mean that it's good because you know it gives us knowledge. And yeah, I was tested actually. I was I had flu-like symptoms about three weeks ago. I got tested. It turned out to be influenza A, but my work wouldn't let me back until I got tested. So I I had to get tested, and and um, because I have a pre-existing condition of asthma. They tested me and already had the um, symptoms and had traveled to New York and all that sort of stuff. So um, pretty wild stuff. But um, anywho, that was Minto's mailbag. And yeah, we got we got more questions. Oh, we got. I was going to say, let's, going? Let's, uh, 
Yeah, I got another so one. Before we this go, before from, we go, Kev, hold on, hold on. Yeah, hold on. Yeah. Before we go, I just want to let people know because I didn't give the disclaimer. So, so this is an opportunity for we always go to Kevin with questions. You know this, but now we want to give him an actual devoted time during the show that we can do that, and um, you know, actually uh, have the little ditty that apparently we can't see, but you can, and I didn't hear, so I'll have to watch it back to see if it was cool. Um, it wasn't. No, I like the I first one. We did the little. We did the little at the end. That's Mental that's on there. Mailbag. It is? Okay. That's on there, yeah, yeah, absolutely. That was my favorite part. Good. I wanted to yeah. make sure. All right, so you have uh, another so, question. Let's do it. Well, yeah, but first off, thank you for giving me a platform. I appreciate that. You deserve uh, it. It's, yeah, it's been like two and a half years now, you know, finally I get you to just, talk. You know? Yeah, you deserve it. You've earned it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so the question comes from Greg from Greg's Turtle Haven, who's going to be a guest on the show uh, within the next couple months. Awesome. Uh, so the, question, the question is, with continuing recent busts of turtle smuggling, ornate box turtles recently, for example, uh, how do you how do you think the turtle trade compares with the rest of the reptile trade when it comes to smuggling? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think turtles have really, really gotten the spotlight over the last few years. You know, and and again, you know, we are focused on turtles and everything to do with turtles, so we may be just noticing that more because it's in our it's we make it in our faces. Um, but I, I definitely feel that turtles are, are taking on more of the brunt because we are learning, you know, that they, they can't sustain any take, you know, regardless of the species. Mm-hmm. Um, now if you, if you read books like stolen world, you know, and which it goes back to, I mean, there's a, there's accounts all the way from, I think she goes as far back as 1960 something. And then, you know, the, the, the book ends in the early two thousands the the extent of that book is lizards and snakes, lizards and snakes, lizards and snakes, and just a little bit, you know, on plowshare tortoises, which is a given, you know. Um, so I, I think it's kind of shifted. I think it used to be more other reptiles, and now, not that they're being forgotten, you know, we still hear of, of uh, I, I'm on the venomous snake response team for New Jersey Fish and Wildlife, and one of the first things that they taught us when they trained us was, how to recognize if someone's doing something that they're not supposed to be doing. Um, you know, and, and we're supposed to, the, you know, the venomous snake response team is solely for the, uh, um, remove safe removal and release of timber rattlesnakes and, um, copperheads. But, um, we are trained to obviously be familiar with all the state snakes, snakes, particularly the state threatened Northern pine snake. Um, and some of the reasons, without going too in depth with it, is because of what people, you know, people come to New Jersey just for a lot of our other flora and fauna to poach it. And the pine snakes are one of them. So they're not being ignored, but I definitely feel as though um, turtle smuggling and turtle poaching is 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 in the spotlight. You know, I don't know if you guys agree with me. I, it seems to really be the headliner there, you know. It's tough to rank them. I, I would have to go, I would have to sit down and really think about it, interview people. And, you know, it's like on sports radio and talk about like, okay, who's the greatest quarterback of all time? Yeah. Who's the best basketball player of all time? Who's the Mount Rushmore for the Chicago Bulls? I don't really know. Mm-hmm. I can do it based on what I think. Um, but actually, you know, right. being able to come up with a definitive answer for something like that is, is really difficult. So Yeah. And again, I, I think, you know, we, again, we're, we're, inundated with turtle stuff we we choose to stay focused on turtle stuff so we're going to recognize that more um i could tell you in the state of new jersey um you know there is a there everything everything is protected here you know you can't you can't take anything 
um, you know, uh, I think you can still harvest uh, snapping turtles during certain months, but that's it. But they are like the diamondback terrapin, and we know this because we work with the state with our project, is a focal species now. Like everybody's really honing in on the situation concerning the diamondback terrapins. So that's um, that's just New Jersey. I don't know what other states are doing, but that's something that's really, uh, you know, being focused on. Okay. At least here. Right, right. Um, yeah, so I mean, it's a, it's a really good question, Greg. I'd love to hear your thoughts when we have you on as a guest. I think, you know, anything I offer is just an opinion. So, um, great. Um, we're gonna move on, but, but Kevin, now that we have, you know, the discussion open, when you see good questions, pop in there and if it's related to what we're talking about especially then then let's bring them up I hear the microphone you hear that um, so the the next new um, feature that we want to to workshop and and drop on you guys today is called peak and pit and that's something that my family and I like to do um, every night when we um, when we eat dinner together we still try to do that like nuclear nuclear family and sit down eat dinner and talk about the best part of your day and the worst part of your day, the peak and the pit. But for this, I think with our monthly platform and the fact that we're all aspiring or very successful in Chris's uh, situation, turtle breeders, then we can um, you know, look at things that we're doing well, that are going well for us. We've accomplished this since the last show. I'm really excited about that. This sort of thing is going well. Um, and then also this is something that for some reason, no matter what I do, is not going well. And the main reason for the latter portion of that, and the reason why I like this as a feature, is because on social media, you see this all the time. You see the positive, the positive, the positive. This is something that I've actually heard as a negative about Chris before, that Chris is always showing all this cool stuff, but we never see the failures. Well, it's just because I've dealt with my fair share of, uh, you know, comments. But... Well, I had somebody call you like a phony piece of crap the other day. It was awesome. Oh, well, we know who did that, but I, 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 I love that he says that about me. I love it. Yeah, you, you think you know. You don't know. It was several people. I, I'm just kidding. It wasn't uh, several people. I was just kidding. Uh, so so let's talk. Uh, it, was, it was definitely Kevin. Kevin is obviously very opinionated and negative. Everyone can see that. Yes. Uh, I'm the most honest person. Serious. Come on, Kevin. You're always talking. Quiet. Just kidding. He's not talking. That's why it's funny. Right? Don't go. Don't go. I love you. Aww. Just kidding. I'm like an abusive boyfriend. I need you, but I need you to are, abuse you like so you don't leave. Abusive, you are like an yeah. abusive boyfriend. And he just, you just keep going back. I, I, can't, I, back. I can't leave, you know? I just, right? it's, it's that bear in front of me. I don't know what to do. It's uh, the hat. Wolf. It's the hat. Wolf. A, lot of people, a lot of people don't like this hat. It angers them just the sight of it. Is that, is that uh, a hat from uh, the show The Office? <laughs> you send a wolf. No. No. That was like W-U-P-H-F or something. I don't know. Anywho, so so I'll start things off just because it's it's uh, the the feature is my idea, and I think I can see that Steve has my stuff queued up. So let's start with the positive, and then we'll go into the negative. How's that sound? So I've just spent a ton of time, but um, Steve, are you showing these now? Are you will? Is that how that works? Is that them? Okay. So one thing that I'm doing well is raising young turtles, and and specifically like terrestrial turtles, like like box turtles or um, terrestrial turtles, like like leaf turtles and things like that. Um, I keep them pretty aquatically. They grow super well, they grow pretty fast to the point where like you need to actually slow them down 
um, over the winter after their first growing season because they grow so fast. So that's one thing that I, I think I do really well and um, I'm, I'm pretty excited about. So I keep them. I wrote an article for the Batiger last year, um, last fall, um, on keeping these turtles in snake racks, which is how I keep them, which I think is, I mean, I haven't been getting a lot of negative feedback from that, but I expected more than I'm getting. I'm sure there's people out there who are silently saying, what the heck is this guy doing? But I mean, I think the results speak for themselves. I'm not just showing off those pictures and saying like, oh, look how good. But it's really across the board. It's a lot more species than the, than the photos show. Those are just given a little taste of kind of what's going well with box turtles that I've raised from from hatchlings. All those species in the photos were um, Cora, uh, Asian box turtles. You had Cora Beretti, Barrett's box turtle. Those are the flower back ones that were shown. Um, you had um, Integrade Chinese box turtles, um, Cora Flava Marginata. And then also um, a keeled box turtle that was trying to kill me that mm-hmm. um, we hatched this year that is growing like crazy. It's only a few months old. I don't know, it's like five months old or, yeah, probably five months old. And it's like 70 grams and it's trying to kill me every time I go near it. So it's going really well and I really like it. So, yeah. So that's, that's, my, that's my something going well, my peak. Do you want to elaborate on on some of the the points that um, behind the method as to why they're you think they're yeah, working so yeah, well? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So people have something to take away from it, you know. That's a great point, and thank you. And I know you're you're someone that was influential in in the way that I started keeping them because I would see how you would keep young box turtles that you'd hatch, and they do really well when they're in really super damp, wet enclosures. They don't need a lot of light. The light isn't as poor is is not as important as diet. Mm-hmm humidity and most important is stress level that's the most so when you see people oh i found a box turtle i'm going to keep it or i bought a box turtle i'm going to keep it and people say well uvb is the most important thing you need to set up no i would argue that till the day i die uvb is not important for a hatchling box turtle it's you can argue how important it is for an adult fine but do not argue with me that it's important for a hatchling because if you look at scientific research studies on box turtles and species like them, they are almost always devoid of hatchling data. So we're talking about wood turtles, all the North American box turtles, Asian box turtles uh, of, of the genus Cora. We're talking about Blanding's turtles, um, Actinemies, the, the Western pond turtles. All of these turtles are missing hatchling data, data. These are not like sliders and painted turtles that sit on a log, even as hatchlings. They don't do it. They hide in the muck where it's, it's 100% humidity and is cooler and, and they, where they can find invertebrates and they're not getting any UVB. That's so, an excellent point. Yeah, so that's, I mean, and anytime you're trying to keep something, you have to look, kind of detach yourself from the, the, the ways that things are normally kept and think about all the different factors, the things you can provide and, and what is this animal actually getting as part of its natural history and how do I provide what's most important. And some of it's trial and error too. I mean, I've, I've had young box turtles and kept them too dry and, and you know, seen things not go well. And I talk to people all the time, this, my box turtle is not growing. Like I bet you if I had it sitting in a tub with water and sphagnum moss, it would be growing really quickly. So it's something that's worked for me. Believe me, I have many things that don't, but I'm, I'm very excited about how things are going with that. And, and usually people who come to visit me and, and see my setup are, are also very excited about that. 
So, yeah, it's cool. great. It's great. Yeah, cool. So what's not working? Oh, am I going to do both now? Are you ready for oh, that? How did, you, how did you want to do that? I was thinking everyone give their positive and everyone give their negative. Okay, Steve's ready for either. He's a gangster. He doesn't care. Whatever. No big deal. Whatever. Want to see you get knocked down a peg now? <laughs> okay, good. That makes sense because I was saying something's yeah. good. Okay, you're, you're so on your. Thing, so now we're okay. gonna. That's that's not the right picture though, Steve. I see it. I see it up. That's Iverson eye. That's for that's. Uh, so for this would be the photos I provided Anamensis and Reeves, I think. Yeah. So that group, there was three of them, I think. So yeah. So here's an Anamensis. So basically, um, what I'm doing really poorly is I acquired quite a few animals in the last year. Um, there were some things that came up that were like opportunities and thought like, I really need to try to jump on this stuff and not let them go by. And I acquired a lot of animals, a lot of adult animals, a lot of older animals, and a lot of um, pond turtles um, from mostly, most of them from the genus Maremis. So, so um, things like Quang Tung river turtles, Vietnamese pond turtles. Um, I've had Reeves turtles, um, that sort of thing. So um, as I'm working with them and, and now with relatively sizable groups nothing completely um outlandish but uh they beat the crap out of each other so you expect to to set up a group and you think okay medium waterland tub should be large enough let me get you know 1.2 in there let me maybe get 2.3 in there see how things go and i find myself giving males a timeout where basically I'm taking them, putting them in a tub on the side for a day or two, then putting them back in, and I have to watch them. I have to put them back in when I'm around so I can keep checking in because they're literally trying to kill the females. Um, so, you know, you have turtles with, with bites on their feet and on their neck and things like that. And part of that is just part of breeding, but it's, it's really not um, it's, it's really not a cool thing to have to deal with. So... I think, you know, a lot can be said about like acquiring animals, setting them up the right way. And then, yeah, well, they're a little bit larger than I feel comfortable with, but I think I can make it work. And I've got waterland tubs and those work really well for breeding. And this is going to be great. And then you get the animals and you realize it's not exactly what you anticipated and you have a little more sure. fighting than you anticipated, that sort of thing. So um, that's kind of what I'm dealing with right now. And it's 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 frustrating. Um, and maybe it's just new to me with these species, but I think it's just kind of, it is what it is and you try to do the best you can and that's that's what I'm doing. So it's not that I was necessarily surprised, but for it to be happening across the board, you have to question like, all right, is this something I'm doing wrong? There's a picture of the Japanese Reeves turtles, black Reeves turtles that I think are really cool. That nobody so else cool. thinks are really cool. Except I love those things. Ah, that's right, that's right, that's right. They're incredible, man. They're, they're, they're like, they're like my favorite. They're such cool turtles. They're so underrated, you know. And Amazing personalities. And, um, yeah. But they beat each other up, too. So so there's 2.3 Reeves, um, Japanese Reeves, but there's a third male, but he can't be with anyone. And he's gorgeous. He's a huge male. He's, like, legit six inches, which is crazy for a male Reeves turtle. And jet black and perfect tail with no nips on it this is a turtle who's probably 30 40 years old um was been in captivity for a really long time so 
Yeah. So who do we go to next, Chris? Uh, if you want. Yeah, we can do that. I see. I Steve. think Chris. I, let me go next because Chris's stuff is a lot nicer than my stuff. I oh, the last one. Sounds good, Kev. Sounds good. Way, yeah. way to have confidence. Really appreciate your self confidence there. Hey, it's it's not that. I just I I know where it is. You know, I know what's going on. Yeah. Uh, Wait, anyway, so so you're gonna go, Kev? Yeah, I'll go. Yeah, if that's right with you, sir. <laughs> go for it, man. Uh, all right. So what's going really well is. Uh, especially now with quarantine, I'm home a lot more than I am usually from work. So I am finding a lot more time to build out the enclosures, to fix things, getting ready for the spring, uh, to bring stuff outside, to get everybody back heated up and acclimated, ready for breeding season. Uh, I'm, I'm very happy myself that I'm able to get that done now earlier than I have to wait till like say May, early June when I, you know, have some time. Um, you know, I've been building out outside enclosures for the box turtles, the the red foots, things like that, you know? Um, and these are all, these are all existing enclosures, uh, that I've just kind of been upgrading to upgrading on, uh, what's not going great. And that is starting to change really well is I haven't done a lot of video work. You guys haven't seen a lot of, you know, videos come out from the turtle room as of recently. I've mostly been on the, the podcast each month and I haven't had a lot of stuff out specifically in 2019, um, I had a new child and it just kind of took up all of my time. I really didn't find any free time to do stuff. Uh, but over the next couple of weeks, I have three different videos I'm working on and you'll start seeing a, a more steady stream of them. Uh, I was outside today, 60 degree, day, 60 degree day in Connecticut. Beautiful. I was in shorts. I'm still in shorts. I'm very happy. Uh, so that isn't, that's what wasn't going well, but it's turning around for what's good for next month. You, you answered it like a job interview. Like, you did. You really what's did. What's your biggest weakness? Well, I care too much. Okay, <laughs> that's the that's the problem. It's like I, you know, I take my work no. home with me. I will you know, fight this company. <laughs> oh, I will follow you blindly. That's that's my biggest weakness. <laughs> I make sure you don't fire me ever. Is that uh, I'm not making videos, but I'm making three videos. So. I, I haven't been making videos. I am now currently working on three different ones. Um, you know, and that's that's where that is. So Classic. How much time do we have for Chris? He's 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 even lo more long winded than I am. What happened? Wow, that was quick, Kev. Yeah, yeah. you know, I'm uh look, I'm I'm on this this show solely to do Mintel's mailbag and just to be a punching bag for Anthony. So we, we, if you ever need a pep talk, you know, I'll talk you through it. Sorry, I just cry when I hang up. <laughs> it's okay. I'll um, okay, so um, one thing that I'm I'm been doing well, and I think I'm getting better at is is creating really naturalistic, um, very large enclosures. Um, I'm I'm kind of over the years, you know. Again, I have a big collection, obviously, but over the years, I've been I've been opting for not being so much concerned with how many of the animals I have, but how, how much space I can give them. And one of the things that I take away from it is, which I try to teach people is, you know, they'll say to me, you know, that enclosure is beautiful, but how do you, do you, how do you find all the turtles? Like, how do you, do you see all the turtles all the time? And my answer is no. And to me, that's how I know it's working. Mm -hmm. You know, sure. It's a challenge to, when you got to find somebody that you haven't seen in a while, um, but I have, since I was a little kid, uh, nature has just been my model. And, and, you know, when you look in these books or you get to go to some of these habitats, 
and just in the ponds and lakes that we grew up catching frogs and painted turtles in, I just always wanted to capture that somehow. And, um, that's just become my, my, my thing, my, my, uh, motto, uh, nature is a model. And, and I beat myself up just trying to make these turtles look. And it's also for my own pleasure too. I'd be lying if I said it wasn't because I want to, I want to get that feeling when I see them, you know, um, every day, you know, I, I want to almost feel as though they're, they look like they're in their habitat, you know, and you can never really fully create nature cause you're not nature, you know, but you can study and just work at it. And it's something I've been working at since I was very young, even at my parents' house, you know, my, my, even though my parents would fight me on taking up the yard with turtle pens when they were done, they would be like, wow, that's, that's really cool. That's really beautiful. And, um, I think I've to an extent mastered it. And I, and I really try to put specific elements in the, in the different species, uh, wild habitats into the pens, um, whether it's a certain type of plant or just the way the water looks or the way the water flows, you know, um, and, uh, you know, I, I like this building the habitats. Obviously, they speak for themselves. They are absolutely yeah. gorgeous. Thank it's you. it is one hundred percent the best thing you have going. It is what you are best at, and I think the coolest part is the Spike Lee angles that you're able to get, like these these photos, because I they they look better on, in the pictures than they even are in person, and they're impressive in person. But I mean, just to see the photos go through, it's like, oh my gosh. Well, that's all, like a, to, that's all thanks to Casey. You know, she taught me how to use a camera early on, she, you know, the angles. And, you know, it's funny. It's like, even and everything is pretty much just taken with the iPhone. And, and I'll, I'll stand there and I'll look at the pen and it'll just, I'll be like, oh man, this looks awesome right now. I got to get a picture of it. And then I'm like, I'll take the picture and I'm like, no, it's not, you know? So then I'm like standing up on the fence or I'm like standing up on like, you know, something in the yard to try to just to try to get that angle because my the objective behind it is so that you could really see what um, is it, it, it is going on in there. You know, it's um, but yeah, there, there's a lot to the photography behind it too. You it know? looks like a whole spread of like better turtle keeping. And magazine. you know, since I'm a phony, let's not forget, because I'm yeah. a phony, you sometimes are. I I will try to crop the the fencing out of it you know what yeah. i mean mm -hmm. like there's certain images and it's just like even for my website like sometimes i'll get i get down on like eye level with the animal yeah. and i try to just move the phone or crop it so that you don't even see the fence you know but yeah. that's just that's just photography you know that's yeah. it's fun it's nerdy you know i actually learned and that this, from you yeah. uh, this last photo uh that's up right now is um a, a pond that i just finished which is doesn't look as good as the others yet because the maturity is what really brings these enclosures together this is the new spotted turtle pond and you can see the water is still cloudy and um and stuff like that but um you know the the maturity will come in and, and it'll it just i just love it that's my favorite part of the whole thing i'd rather have less turtles and just way more enclosure you know that's just i love it i, I get a good kick out of it it shows chris i have, um, I have a question for you on this spotted pond specifically uh -huh. right here a project like that how much time how much of the resources are you buying or how much are you getting from like driving down the preserves and just grabbing like logs, things like that, you know, yeah. uh, are you building this yourself? Is Casey helping you or like, what's the total end time? Does it take you a week? Are you doing this in an afternoon? Um, so this actually brings me to my failure, um, mm -hmm. which I'll, I'll say in a second. Um, it totally depends on the enclosure. My, the main 
enclosure in the front of the property, which is the wood turtle, um, North American wood turtle, Blanding's uh, turtle enclosure. Um, it has been evolving for the last three years, you know. And so it's hard to tell by those photos. I don't even know how big that enclosure is now. I have to actually measure it, but it is like, it's, it's massive. You could definitely ride a go-kart in it at this point. Um, and it's, it's five different bodies of water in there. One, one being the stream that em empties into the main basin. Steve and Anthony helped, helped me dig the still water pond area. And I just kept adding to it and breaking down walls and expanding over the years. You know, so you really, you got to look for the turtles now. It's, it's pretty cool. You know, like the Western painted turtles that are in there will all you know, congregate on logs and you'll see a wood over here and maybe a blandings in the distance. So that something that big and elaborate took me three years and you know what? I'm probably not done with it. I'll probably do something this year to it. Maybe next year, that new spotted turtle pond. If you look at it, the, there's an older body of water that I finished last year. And then this new body of water, which is the bigger, deeper, larger part. I did it in one day. I, I, I was it was one of my bad days with COVID-19, you know, where I was just, the news was getting to me. So I took a shovel and started spading the ground and took my anger out on the ground and got the pond done in one day. But this segues into my failure. The, my failure here, because I choose to go this route with these big naturalistic enclosures is I am not saving money. I'm not saving money at all. And it, it shows, it hurts, it hurts us at times. And it's hard for me to, um, talk about exact dollar amounts because that each pen is different, you know? Um, but an enclosure like that with the wood and two different pond liners, I had to buy a lot of the plants because it's illegal for me to go to a refuge and take the plants out of there. You know, if I see something on the side of the road that I can legally grab, I will, but I can't go into the refuge. I can't even take driftwood from the refuge. I go wow. into the woods or, you know, I, you know, if, if I see a really good piece, I'm going to jump out and get it. And if somebody wants to slap me on the wrist, wrist for taking a dead log, then so be it. But, you know, um, that, that stuff obviously saves me money. But, you know, plants are not cheap. The liners are not cheap. So I would say just that spotted turtle enclosure alone, I'm, I'm well over. I'm probably close. I've got to be at $2,000 just for that one spotted turtle enclosure. And that's one of multiple ponds. It's, my, it's a smaller enclosure. Um, even my tortoise enclosures that don't have ponds in them, I've, you know, the, the cold frames and greenhouses that I use in each tortoise pen, they're eight by two feet. Each one was $250. So you think about how many different tortoise groups I have, how many different testudo groups alone that I have. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not uh, it's definitely not cost effective, you know, you know in, the, in that aspect. That wood turtle enclosure in the front, I don't even know. I've, I've got to be well over $10,000 with that enclosure at this point. It's not. And that's, not and is that, is that the, what you're not doing well? Is the, is the that's what I consider keep, not doing well. I just want, I wanted to pick something that goes going. hand in hand. Yeah. yeah. I wanted to pick something that goes hand in hand with that particular success is that, you know, you are seeing these big, beautiful enclosures that I am very proud of. And there's no joke behind it. You come here and see them. You, you guys have been here, you know, but there's a big downfall to it, you know? And, and it's, it's the fact that it, it is that costly The the, the 6,000 gallon per hour pump that, that does the wood turtle stream 24 seven, look what that's doing to my electric bill. Sure. You know? So sure. it's, it, it, it's, there's a catch to it. You know, I, I, I will go this route as long as it's feasible for me, as long as it can, even though sometimes it hurts, but we love our property. We love being able to go out every single morning and just see, almost see what it would be like to just walk into 
you know, a, a version of their natural habitat in the morning. Sure. You know? so, so you answered it just like Kevin did with a positive. And yeah. It's like, I'm doing really well with these habitats. And my struggle is that I just keep wanting to make more habitats. I, I broke. love it. I can't eat. I... <laughs> All right. <laughs> Moving on with the Dave Chappelle. Uh, I think that was Dave Chappelle. Yeah, it um, could be. Personation. Yeah, sure. Um, is we're going to jump right into our last new feature of the show. We're going to end with this. Um, and we're going to go real quick, rapid fire. So this is the point in the show where Pat Sajak would give the wheel a final spin. Okay? Spin the wheel. That? Got you guys it. get that? Oh, get yeah. Wheel, wheel of Got Fortune it. reference? Okay, wheel of Fortune. Terrific. Thank Let's you very it. much. Thanks. We're we on that one, Kevin. Taking a sip of water. Jeez Louise. It's pineapple mellow. Oh, uh, are you a big seltzer fan? Know. Because we we have a problem with seltzer. This is yeah, a good it's... this is a good time to go off on a tangent about seltzer. Yeah, I'm absolutely. Sorry. Right yeah. before the final spin. Yeah, like that. Dude. That would have been gone ten minutes ago, and I'd be like, "Bring me another one." You know, ten for ten, man. Ten, ten of these for ten. ten bucks. Your straw is not long enough. See That's that? what she said. So regardless, of I actually drop the straw there and I can't get it out. Regardless of how expensive your turtle enclosures are, there's always money for seltzer water. Oh, it's, never money for straws that are long enough. You know, you should, that's you, get. you shouldn't be using straws. You're a turtle person. Stop uh -huh. using straws. No single-use plastic. This is plastic. It's hard plastic. It's reusable. And uh, I used it for my daughter, and she dropped it in. And uh, now I can't get it out. Oh, my gosh. She's blaming the kids again. Dude, <laughs> Veda backwashes. What am I supposed to do, you know? All right. All right. Here we go. Moving okay. on to our last final new feature. This is called the Best Species Spotlight. And we're going we're gonna to do this every show unless we have a big time guest who's long-winded like chris and i are both long-winded uh we need to get more mintos on this show so we can <laughs> have enough airtime for everyone to get their point in uh so we want to do we want to basically highlight we'll basically ask a question what is the best species for blank what is the species that's most likely to blank i don't know whatever and we answer the question and bring something to you so it gives us a chance the three of us to highlight three different species every show and maybe there's something that we bring up that you haven't heard about maybe there's something that you love that you feel nobody else loves and you want to uh hear us highlight those species and don't bother sending us your thoughts about what species they should be because we won't listen anyway but it's it's just <laughs> These are just thoughts just on whatever the random question is. If you if you have a question like like what would be the best species to keep on a budget? What would be or, the best species to keep towards conservation as a private hobbyist? That sort of thing, we can we can start to tackle those things. But the first one we're doing tonight is the coolest taxa that's also a lesser known taxa, if that makes sense. So maybe not everyone knows what it is. Um, or we think that it doesn't get enough cr credit or praise or um, uh, love from the turtle-loving community. So we want to bring you those species, uh, what we think they are. So it looks like Steve already has mine up there ready to go. So go ahead, Steve, start showing that bad boy off. So that is a female uh, Maremi's Pritchard eye, which you're saying, Anthony, what the heck is that? I haven't heard of that. Or Anthony, what's the matter with you? That's not even a species. You are correct. So here's what we're gonna do. Rapid fire, 30 seconds to talk about it. Ready? Does anyone have a timer? Nope. I, I, I got it going one, for you. Two, oh, right. I got Kevin's it. got the timer. Good job, Kevin. And okay. go. 
So Maremi's Iversoni <laughs> is a naturally occurring hybrid um, of the Reeves turtle and, and the yellow pond turtle. And they were first thought to be their own species. They were described, I believe, in 1991 as a species um, by McCord and Iverson, I think off the top of my head. But they're actually a hybrid. They're named after Peter Pritchard. And they're real. this turtle is awesome. That's all I'm going to say. And there's not really many of them. This is this is an original, you know, imported Pritchard eye from when they were thought to be a species, which is really cool. But it's a great turtle. How Thirty-eight seconds. All right, that wasn't that bad. That I thought you were going to stop me. I thought you were going to stop me. You were going to stop me. You know. Okay, so that was so we were going to spend more time on this, but it's getting late. So you know, Kevin's got to wash his straw collection. So we got to we got to get going here. Lots of straws in my collection. Okay, Kevin, you're going second, buddy. Let us know. Uh, I think Chris is up next. He's got. Oh, I'm up next. Oh, wait. No, no, Steve can do anything. (laughs) Anything you can do, Steve can do better. (laughs) Kevin, Steve, Steve, do you have the other picture? Actually, Steve can do anything better than you. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. It's a group of like four animals. Can people hear Steve or just us? Just us. Okay, so we need Sorry, to keep guys. talking Sorry, and not everybody. just listen to him because that gets really awkward. Pay no attention to the to the imaginary friend behind the curtain. All right, I'll just I'll just do that one. That's fine. That I'm gonna plan, count. But... I'll count for you. Ready? Are you Are you timing yourself? I got it. Okay. Got it. Fine. Wow. Yeah. As soon as are we up on screen? Here we go. You can beat thirty eight, pal. All right, guys. So this is the three toed box turtle, uh, Terrapin Carolina Triungus. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, okay. uh, but I live. I live, I live up in Connecticut, and I can't keep eastern box turtles, so this is the next best thing for me. Very, very similar needs. Uh, it can brumate year-round here. I mean, in the winter, it goes down. I have a fairly large group. They are gorgeous if you just look at them. This is an animal I've had for three years now. It just keeps popping back up. It won't stop. It can't, I can't get rid of it, and I love them. Uh, and they're very, very cost-effective if you want to have box turtles. Great, great animals. We can talk more later. Stop. That was good. How many, 36, how many seconds? 36 seconds. 36 seconds. Wow. You, saw, you sounded like an auctioneer. It got awkward. It got awkward. Right. I, I right. mumble a lot, so. <laughs> There's ready? no way Chris can do this. Chris can be 38 hope, minutes. I just hope my wire fighting team is ready. Okay. <laughs> All right, Mike Myers. Tell me when. And go. This is the northern red belly turtle, Sudemis ruberventris. This is a turtle that is highly mis misled and misunderstood by the hobby and the reason is because they're not considered to be that colorful right off the bat but as hatchlings they're beautifully green with bright red plastrons they keep those plastrons as they get older and they might even have some red on the carapace they're very large however they're easy to take care of especially if you live in a cold climate and they even do well down south so next time you're thinking of a turtle look into give the northern red belly a try dude 29 seconds 29 seconds boom oh I'm so excited right now. I can't scream. My kids are sleeping. <laughs> the beginning, but I also want to say. I don't know what to do with no, my hands. No. It's like tigers. Wow. That was good, uh, man. That was good. 29 seconds for real? Okay. Chris wins. Chris, especially because it's you. Look at, look at, dude, you nailed that. Nailed it. Wow. Wow. That was incredible. Uh, and, and so, so now when you get your federal stimulus check, Chris wins. <laughs> Chris wins, you're going out and you're buying Northern Red Belly Cooters, turtles. Yeah, there you go. Sudemis ruberventris. Yeah, that's where I think I started getting a little tongue twisted. And then I think I You nailed it. it. You saw misled? Who's misleading them? 
You know, you saw you sounded like a like a commercial. It was terrific. I had to get into the across from the Cineplex. Yeah, be there. It was terrific. It was absolutely terrific. That was great. Cool. Great species too. That's a species that all three of us have kept. Yeah. Because Kevin, hey, I, got, I love them. Watched I love mine them. while we while I was moving. So, what do you got? There Kevin? is a question. There's a question out here uh, that ties in perfectly with Chris and actually, Steve. There's a photo that Chris had of uh, two animals. He, he was holding them out like this. If you could put that on the screen. Oh yeah. Yeah. So the, the question is, um, where to go? How big do Ruber ventures get? I can't say that right. Big. <laughs> Yeah, there are some monsters. That one, is that on the screen right now or no? Oh, there's the one. Okay, so those were two females that were crossing the road uh, by our house. And the one in my left arm was was really huge. I don't re remember the exact size of her. I didn't, you know, we just moved them and that was it. The adults that I have are every bit of 14, 15 inches. Um, Anthony, you have a female that I think might be even longer than that. Um, I have a friend... Well, I don't talk to him so much anymore. I've lost touch, but who lived in Pennsylvania and, and he swore up and down that he knew of 21 and 22 inch northern red bellies. Um, I've never seen them that large. They are a very large aquatic turtle, but the plus behind them is that they can be left outside in the coldest, uh, you know, temperatures pretty much. You know, you've got the Plymouth red belly, which is, you know, a geographical variant of uh, Ruber ventris up, up in Massachusetts, you know? Um, so they're very cold tolerant, which makes it easier to keep them aquatically. You know, I don't bring mine in here, you know, and they, they stay out, they stay out by you guys, you keep them. Um, but yeah, you're, you're talking about both males and females. They are a large aquatic species. You know, we're not talking about six inches for a male. We're talking, you know, right behind the female, you know, 12, 13, 14 inches and bigger. They're huge. They're absolutely they are, massive. They're huge and just absolutely gorgeous. The black and the red is, is something you don't normally associate with a turtle, which is nice. It's cool, you know. Right. And for the people living up north, they're, you know, they're incredible, as you said. You I, want I, to get rid of some of that pesky pond weed, throw a red belly in. Right. Throw a group <laughs> of them. I, they, I hibernated mine in a, in a stock tank this year. There you go. Well, I, I had six in my house for a little while, right, Anthony, I think? Uh, six seven. or seven? Mm -hmm. Seven. And... The amount of uh, water hyacinth that I went through in that like three week period what, is just insane. They yeah. ate up all my reserves. Now there's a challenge uh -huh. there. If you keep them in a smaller enclosure, they're going to pretty much decimate you oh, know yeah. your, your aquatic vegetation. So when I have mine in the the big pond up front, so they can move from different that, that's got five bodies of water, so they can alternate. You know, mm -hmm. I'm going to go eat here for a little bit, and it you know stuff lasts a little bit longer. But if I were to have a whole bale of them out there yeah. they, i'm sure they would just annihilate everything so that that is yeah. the one catch you know they they even though they take pellets and stuff they are highly uh you know herbivorous so they're, they're gonna eat a lot of vegetation they're gonna annihilate it right right so that's true yeah so there you go so that was the the feature we we all made it with within 40 seconds anyway i was the longest i'm embarrassed this is gonna be a race uh, now every time i this that was great yeah wasn't that I think we should give. I think we should give ourselves a minute, though. A minute. Well, I think so too. Thirty seconds yeah. was too fast. Yeah. Okay. 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 Chris people might not even head. like remember what people talked about. Like, yeah. You know? <laughs> but he didn't breathe yeah. for thirty seconds. So yeah, I did, he didn't. I actually, you know what? I'm lightheaded. I'm lightheaded. Yeah. yeah. I was gonna say. You can see you the rosacea. You know. Yeah. yeah. I. Whew. You don't look good. You look better. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm concerned. I think you're very. It's because I think you're very pretty. I can't go get a haircut. So I gotta uh, wear this, uh, this this hat. Yeah. Do one of these. Hey. Yeah. You know, I've got Thanks, a wonderful, sir. luscious, 
weave of hair appear. Okay. Uh, way to uh, rub it in, Chris. Way to rub it in. <laughs> I have clear I, hair. I got to tame it right now because, you know, I could, I could give myself some liberty spikes at this point. Maybe I'll do it. Maybe I won't. Prove it. Prove it next show. Next show. And that, um, so, so um, it seems like, let us know what you thought about the broadcast. Let us know what you thought about the show. If you have any uh, feedback, anything like that. I feel like we're starting to get this technical side down. Steve is working really hard and he's brilliant. And we're seeing an a, um, a improvement for sure. Don't know why I couldn't find that word. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so so we're looking at some other things we're, we're trying and please watch our social media. Uh, obviously, we won't be on. For, we're not supposed to be on for another month, but we're talking about um, doing something else with Yun Ru, um, Yun Ro, the turtle monk. I always have trouble pronouncing his name, um, who came on with us a couple months ago when we really, really were struggling with the technical side of things. And he has the new book. Turtle Planet that is available for order now from Amazon. Um, the book is absolutely incredible. It's like nothing you've ever read before on turtles. And um, it's, it's, it's debuting at number one in reptiles and amphibians um, and also in another category that is escaping me right now. But um, there's a little bit of hype around it. It's a turtle book. So all you turtle nerds go out and get that book. Um, and we're hoping to have him on two weeks from today um, on Monday again, I'm not sure who will be here with us or, or representing us, but we're, we're trying to do that as a service to him because it's an exciting time with his book coming out, but also because, you know, things didn't really work out last time. So, um, from the technical side, so we're going to try to make that right and, um, get him out right at the peak of COVID-19 and right at the peak of his, uh, the excitement around his book release. So that's the point. I, uh, I just wanted to, you know, what you just said right there real quick. I just wanted to add something real quick before we sign off here. Um, you know, to anybody who's listening tonight, you know, thank you for tuning in. Thanks for supporting us still. And please definitely give us your feedback because we want to make this thing as, as big and as, as best as we can. But, um, you know, taking away from like the earlier topics concerning COVID-19 and everything, you know, I, I hope everybody can f seriously find some positivity out there, you know, shut off the news sometimes, stop looking at your news feed, you know, just be with each other that, that's, that who's, who it's safe to be with, you know, your immediate family who's in the house with you and stuff. Try to get outside if you can. And, and this thing absolutely will pass. It's going to pass where, you know, I know that there's a lot of negativity out there and some folks have been extremely unfortunate in it. But, you know, if, if you are someone who's fortunate right now and, and you are safe and you are okay, you know, be happy about that and uh, just try to try to grasp onto that and, and take take that away from tonight. You know, we didn't want this show to be about COVID-19 and it absolutely wasn't, but we did want to touch on it. And um, that's just just my personal thing is I really hope that everybody just can lay their he heads down tonight and, and j just just relax a little bit, you know, um, just find that positivity in something, even if it's just staring at your turtles for a couple hours because we all have the time to do that right now. <laughs> I love it, Chris. I really, really love it. And I, I've, I've been struggling a lot because I'm still going to work and I, I, I feel a certain way about that and, and yeah. putting my family at risk on some level, but at the same time trying to be good because I think the work that I do is, is important. But mm -hmm. um, I just want to say you guys, you guys right here, and the people watching this podcast and the people texting me all the time and sending me, you know, videos and, and questions and and exciting posts about what they have going on with their collections and their breeding programs and stuff like that. That is my favorite thing 
uh, you know, that's that's just mine. Like obviously I love my family and, and, and all of that, but I that is my favorite thing that's just mine. And it's something that I really, really look forward to. And during these tough times, those are the things that get me through it. Actually, yeah. I can remember when my father passed away, I didn't, it was in 2012, I didn't tell Steve on purpose. And Steve was, Steve, you're still my world, but you were really my world back then. He's still listening, pay no attention to me behind the curtain. But <laughs> I didn't tell him on purpose for a few days because I was struggling so bad. And all I needed at that time was to talk to Steve about turtles. Like I didn't want, I, like everyone else who I knew was like, oh man, I'm so sorry. They knew what happened. And Steve lives in Pennsylvania. And while that's pretty close, like if I didn't tell him what happened, he wasn't going to know. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, these are the things that really help us get through. And these are the, these end up being the reasons that we really enjoy the hobby and enjoy what we do is because we can share it with like-minded people who get the weird animal person who wants to do these weird things with their, with every extra scent that they have and every extra ounce of spare time that they have. So, so thank you guys for being you. Thank you for being in my life. And thank you all out there for being a part of this community that means so much to me and to us. And if you ever need somebody to talk to or whatever, send me a text or, or message me on Facebook or, or whatever, because I'd love to talk to you about turtles. So thanks, guys. Appreciate it. I think this was a really good show. And again, we need feedback. So let us know how you think things went. And we look forward yeah. to next month and two weeks from now as well. Yeah. You got, Kev? Uh, so Steve just put out there, we'll say out loud in case you're not reading the chat. Oh, uh, there podcast. we go. Podcast at the turtle room.org. The uh, that'll get is it the podcast? Yeah, it's the oh, oh okay. The, okay. Either okay. either the podcast or podcast at the turtle room.org. Uh, that'll get all your feedback to all four of us. Um, if you have any questions for Mental's mailbag, send it there as well. We'll have a form out online too. We'll have a social media put that out there. And um, yeah, thanks for joining us. Thank you for being here while Anthony beats me up. And uh, yep. Chris, Chris is such a nice, sweet guy. I'm so happy to be friends with him. I got your back. And, uh, Thanks. Yeah, you're the best. <laughs> and uh, I deserve that. Steve, Steve, thank you for being back there behind the scenes, making everything work right, for man. us. That's right. This is great. He's the pretty face and the brains behind this operation at the same time. <laughs> Love it. All thank right. you, guys. All right. Thank you, guys. All right. Have safe. a good night. Good night. Bye. Deuces.